This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. At least you better be. Welcome to the Mostly Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damn It Damien. All right, buddies. Today we're hanging out and we're chatting with my new buddy and best friend forever, Mr. Dan Crocher. Now, Dan is a staple in Denver's comics and art scene. He's one of the founders of Dink, Denver's Independent Comics and Arts Expo. He's also a well-known artist, sculptor, and at one point was a part of the OFM Performance Art Group that, according to his bio, is... <sighs> A Neo Kabuki sword fight choreographed performance with rotating live band including Takiao drummers, aerialist performers, blood cannons, and large latex samurai demons conveying a layered cake of tyranny. Man, that is a mouthful, but it sounds like a hell of a show and I'm pretty bummed that I never got the chance to see that. Daniel, can you bring that back? <laughs> now all this of course set the stage for Crozier's newest project, the no budget documentary Isolation Man. Isolation Man premieres this Wednesday at the Alamo Draft House here in Denver. It was also filmed right here in Denver on a shoestream budget of about the cost of a ham sandwich. Now, Isolation Man follows the aftermath of a uh, superhero blunder from the megalomaniac, the exquisite vanished tear. You see, this guy has the power to make things vanish, and he made uh, the Western Hemisphere completely disappear. And this documentary, mockumentary, I should say, uh, follows the aftermath of that as the rest of the world catches on and is curious what happened. Um, now, this is not a movie that's going to be for, you know, the average Marvel superhero moviegoer. Uh, it's off the beaten path, and uh, it's not really your average movie. It's for fans of ridiculous in slightly disturbing materials. Maybe something you'd see late at night on Adult Swim or maybe USA Up all night. Uh, it's a film for people who like those crazy, wild, late-night movies that go full psycho. And uh, maybe if you read Fangoria growing up or just love silly, crazy trauma films, then Isolation Man might be the movie for you. Now, when I, when I met Dan, I really felt like I met a kindred spirit. You know, we got along really well, and this is a pretty cool chat. Not only do we talk about the film, Isolation Man, but we also chat with Dan about the steps that brought him here. You know, his childhood um, things and how he learned how to embrace his creativity and how creating arts and comics as well as his DIY mentality went into making this film and showed him that he could do it. And we also talk about how you, yes, you can make a movie too. And maybe I might go make a movie. I don't know. We'll see buddies. So, uh, thanks to our buddies at mutiny information cafe at second South Broadway, Broadway and Ellsworth, right across the street from Sputnik and high dive for giving me all this extra caffeine that I'm rambling on and on and on about right now. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> uh, it was a great place to record a chat, and if uh, you're just looking for a cool coffee shop bookstore, please check out Mutiny. Those guys are great. And as always, thanks to our uh, longtime sponsors, Ratio Beerworks at 2920 Larimer, the heart of Denver's Rhino District, for uh, sponsoring the show and keeping us lubricated with their mighty fine 
alcoholic beverages. Make sure you stop by the tap room of the day to have yourself maybe a Fugazi-inspired repeater pale ale or maybe a, a little Dear You Saison inspired by Jawbreaker. Check out RatioBeerWorks.com for more information. Stay tuned for more Ratio Sessions uh, live acoustic shows on their tap room coming up. And if you like what you hear in today's chat, make sure you check out IsolationManMovie.com. Uh, there's a screening this Wednesday at the Alamo Draft House here in Denver at 9 p.m. Um, please go check it out. The movie is silly. It's fun. Uh, you're going to have a good time if you like, you know, D-flavored movies. And uh, please uh, make sure you check out isolationmanmovie.com for more information on that screening, more information on Dan. And, uh, you know, you can find out where you can see the film soon. Hopefully soon he'll get that up on the Internet for all of us to watch. So uh, let's let's head to Mutiny Information Cafe where a uh, Uber... Uh, caffeinated Damien is chatting with Dan Crocher and uh, thanks again to Matt and Jim for letting us host this little chat there and uh, let's take a little listen buddies so I'm hanging out at uh, Mutiny Information Cafe one of my favorite coffee spots uh, with uh, Mr. Dan Crozier. how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me, Damien. Yeah, yeah this is a pleasure uh, so, so I thought this was going to be a nice little chat about just the new movie and then a couple hours ago I googled you and found all these interviews and found all this other awesome stuff you've done. Oh. <laughs> and then I felt then I felt immensely unprepared and hopefully hopefully we can uh, talk some cool stuff about all oh. the all the all the awesome other stuff you've done too. Oh sure, thanks. All the stuff that's made you into this great filmmaker that you are today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I, I've I've done a few things. Yeah. Um, so so we'll talk we'll talk about Isolation Man. It comes out Wednesday. This is going to go up yeah. today. I'm going to go home and then throw this on the internet as soon as I get home. Oh, um, sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much. It, so hopefully the 100 people that might listen, go check out. Uh, go check it out Wednesday at the Alamo. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to talk about, you know, the guy behind the movie um, and how you learned. Well, one thing I'd like to talk about is how people discovered that, hey, I can go out there and make stuff happen. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it took me a while to discover that. And I think there's probably a little kid out there somewhere who needs to hear those lessons about, like, Oh shit! I can just get up and go do something. Yep. Yeah, it's it's just yeah you know, a matter of like putting that uh, first foot forward and yeah. then you know following that up. It's just doing it. Yeah. Um. So, but I first off, I want to talk about. It. I was like, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a little boy? Because mm. you do so many things. Yeah. Like uh, initially, uh, I wanted to be uh, a comic book artist, and um, for the most part, I am. Nice. Oh, that sounded bad. I am. You are. <laughs> Yeah, and then, um, so, what was your childhood like when you were growing up? Um, it seems like, you mm-hmm. know, just from watching the film and what little of your work that I know about, it seems like comic books, of course, were probably a big part of it. Maybe yeah. low-budget horror movies? Uh, yeah, my uh, my dad got me hooked on, uh, you know, the, the Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, matinees, and then the, the late, um, you know, evening, uh, you know, B-movies of, like, you know, Toxic Avengers, yeah. a bunch of kung fu films, uh, you know, some other, you know. Uh, I remember him taking me to, to Empire Strikes Back nice. and uh, and also being terrified at the snake scene and, and Raiders of the Lost Ark and then also being terrified of E.T., yeah. you know, seeing that in the theater. That, that ages you a little bit. Yes, it That's does. Okay. How yeah. old are you? Uh, I'll be 40 next month. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. I just turned 35 two weeks ago. Oh, uh, you youngins. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're about in the same age group nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Everybody over 30 is like 30 to 35, you're yep. the same age. 35 to 40, you're the same age, kind of. Yeah, we still pretty much grew up with the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to see it all in theaters. I got to see it on VHS. Well, and, and I've got friends like, uh, like you know, say Jim Norris. You yeah. know, he saw Star Wars in the theater several times I when, when it he, came out. 
That's what's wrong with Jim. <laughs> so, uh, so, so how did you discover comic books initially? Um, I think, uh, you know, my, my parents would, you know, pick me up, uh, you know, the occasional book, just whatever, yeah. just, uh, you know, uh, they didn't know what, what I was into and, and neither did I, uh, I was <laughs> way too young for, for anything. And then I started, uh, you know, honing my taste when the Tim Burton Batman came out. Nice. And so I was buying, you know, Batman and detective comics and, uh, and I was able to, you know, yeah, do that. I even made uh, my own Batman armor suit uh, in the sixth grade and wore that uh, for Halloween. And, you know, everybody thought I was, you know, kind of nuts for doing that because it looked like I was ready to get into a fight. <laughs> um, and um, and it, I mean, it was it was it was awful, but it was great. It was so much fun. Um, and then uh, also uh, at that time, I found, uh, you know, Jim Lee and Chris Claremont and yeah. Uncanny X-Men. And, you know, I'd go to the local, you know, I grew up in Kersey, Colorado. And so that's a, a rural uh, town. It was like a thousand people living there. And uh, they had a, uh, like uh, the general market store. And I would go up there and, you know, buy, you know, one or two of the, the five different titles they would get in every week yeah. at their, you know, uh, magazine rack. And that's that that's what I knew of comics. And then, you know, when I um, you know, came of age and could drive into Greeley, Colorado, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I found a, a local comic store and I was able, you know, found out about this thing of like subscription boxes and stuff. And, you know, not unlike what, what Mutiny has here. Um, and, you know, I would just collect everything that I could afford and I would just, you know, soak that stuff up. And yeah. it was, it was, um, I was into, I was a big Marvel and DC guy. Cool. And, um, you know, nowadays it's, predominantly dc yeah i still read a lot of superhero comics <laughs> uh, ninja turtles was what had that effect on me oh sweet and then you saw like at the 7-eleven they had the little archie ninja turtle comics yes for a yes. dollar and i was like can i get this instead of a slurpee yep uh i remember buying a few of those yeah. too and then you just get sucked in and yep. here we are now. yeah most definitely, it, it you know takes your imagination and yeah. it just you know skyrockets you into other directions. And and so when did your love of comics turn into a love of drawing and artwork? Mm -hmm. uh, the the it, it was actually uh, uh, flipped. Uh, so the the drawing was always there. Oh, okay. And um, you know when I was able to really you know recognize what comics were and that it's something that I wanted to do. You know, I started collecting more of that and, and then informing myself, yeah. you know, kind of teaching myself. And, um, you know, my uh, my mom had uh, put me through, like, uh, some, some art classes, you know, teaching, like, you know, I was taught, like, classic painting and stuff. And at that age, at that time, and be, me being a hyperactive little brat, <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't my bag. But it you know, taught me some fundamentals and nice. stuff. And then... Yeah, I had um, a really supportive uh, art teacher that um, was super awesome and probably got me stoned one too often. <laughs> or, you know, um, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what the kiln room's for, you know, exhaust fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I was never a pothead, but my my high school had the exact same art teacher. Mm -hmm. Everybody was talking about getting high and stoned with. I, I bet just about every damn school did. Yeah, yeah, pro uh, probably so. But, but you know, as, as much as they were, uh, you know, 
responsible for you know some form of corruption uh, of you. Uh, they were also very inspiring and motivating yeah. and stuff. So you know even um, so yeah he he pushed me to to you know figure out sequentials and things like that and also not limit myself to just that medium nice so what was it like to put your art to page and see it come to life those ideas and whatnot and to learn Mm -hmm. you could tell a story um it was um you know for me it was mind-blowing specifically when a project or or something was finished yeah and and uh you know the the validation came back when you know, people appreciated it uh, for whatever it was, uh, whether that in, in high school, whether it was some type of art competition. Um, later on, you know, during regular art school, um, you, know, you know, getting the response back from, from others and everything. Um, it wasn't until after, well after art school, really 10 years ago, that I started, you know, self-publishing yeah. and, and figuring out that I still really like this medium. Um, after I graduated high school, I went to Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design to pursue illustration, but I had a, um, a uh, life and death situation just prior to that, and it left me with uh, like uh, massive headaches and clusters and stuff. So for a couple years, while illustration, you know, and I, and I went into art school when stuff started started making that uh, that turn towards computers yeah uh before i was standing during classes and, and illustrating being and we were all being very active you know doing uh life studies and, st- and everything but sitting at the computer looking at a monitor i would black out <clears throat> and i was having headaches and i wasn't able to finish my assignments yeah. and stuff so I, I realized i need to make a change and maybe this isn't the thing for me. So I went into sculpting. Was that because of the uh, an accident, or was that the life or death thing, the blackouts and whatnot? It was. Uh, it was because of the the, um, the life and death thing. Essentially, um, what happened is I've got really bad asthma and allergies, yeah. and uh, when when I you know the day I moved to Denver from Kerseyville, <laughs> uh, I yeah everything kind of. Uh, uh, coalesced and my uh, emergency meds were not responding oh, so my body shut down uh, so no heartbeat no um, no breathing I, luckily I was with friends that um, one was trained to be an EMT so he, he, he knew what was what to do and, and um, got me to the emergency room kind of prolonged me as much as I could and and then uh, I woke up in the hospital a few days later. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, and, and then, yeah, I missed that first, very first week of art school because of that. And uh, uh, so, yeah, be, and after that, um, yeah, just continually having health issues with yeah. migraines and clusters and stuff like that. So it was frustrating, but I got through it. And then you got into sculpting. But I got into sculpting. I, I decided to do that because I saw that the the fine art kids were across the street, and this is when Rimcad was uh, over in, in Evans, okay, or, uh, uh, off of Evans, I should say, off of uh, Monaco, in uh, kind of the Glendale area, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, near near Quebec and all that. Um, anyway, uh, there were two buildings. Fine art was across the street. You know, all the the graphic design and illustration was on the the, uh, the academic or the uh, administrative side. And uh, I saw that they were, um, you know, whipping out the chainsaws and the torches and stuff. And they were having fun, man. Yeah. They were having fucking fun. So uh, I was like, I want, 
I want to be, you know, have fun and be destructive too. Yeah. So I went over there and, and uh, it was pretty cool because I, I learned, uh, you know, materials integrities and, and you, know, you know, exploration of uh, what the limits are on all this stuff and, and how I can apply it to what I, whatever I wanted to do at the time. Yeah. And you're still like using those things and all yes. this stuff you're doing. Yes, very uh, much so. And you're still creating and having fun, it looks like. Oh, yeah. If, if, if I'm not having fun, it's not worth doing. Yeah. Um, and then how did that lead to, you were working in galleries for years? You went from sculpting to gallery mm-hmm. work? Yeah, so uh, I was doing gallery shows and, and uh, stuff like that. So, you know, sculpting, doing, you know, some found object stuff, wood sculptures, ceramics. Um, yeah, I did uh, some wood assemblage pieces where, you know, it was like, um, I think uh, one critic said it was uh, like um, uh, G.I. Joe toys that were uh, misassembled and, and, you know, the result was, you know, something relatively malformed and probably had a lot of extra parts yeah. that were never used. I get that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that idea. Was, yeah. it a good, was it a good review or a bad review? I don't know if they if they intended <laughs> it to be a bad review, but I but I loved the, the term that they used, yeah. and, I, and I, I kept it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so was it at uh, Rocky Mountain that you learned how to, like, make films and performance art and whatnot? Um, I, somewhat. One of my projects, I... Um, um, you know, rented out like, uh, the, the, the old TV editing equipment that they had at the, uh, uh, AV lab. Like over super there. VHS stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 ended up like shooting some stuff and I don't know what I was doing. I, I, you know, turned it in as a, uh, a, a project for an advanced, uh, fine art study and, uh, you know, but it was basically like a, kind of like a, a weird, um, you know, music video. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't completely original, but you know, kind of, you know, uh, kind of whetted my appetite. And you know, years later, I was able to, you know, revisit that with some other friends that uh, that knew a little bit more about editing uh, than I did, and, and were able to teach me some things on on Premiere. And I was able to shoot my first short film. It was just kind of a an art uh, film, uh, very um, open to interpretation. Yeah. And was able to have some of my art friends kind of nice. kind of perform in it and stuff. Nice. Yeah. And then, um, so you go from gallery work. Now you're making like, films. You're making comics again. Mm-hmm. Um, how is is it a different kind of fulfillment when you're working like more on your own on your own projects and things? It's um, the the stuff that I do more on my own. They're usually going to be the the smaller yeah. project. So it's it's uh, a little bit you know quicker um, satisfaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, you get enough of those going when you do the bigger project, you know. So like for Isolation Man, it took us five years, and we we just finished it. I think we've got the final render last week. So it's <laughs> I mean it's 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 been going for a really long time, and it didn't really have to, but uh, you know that's the way it turned out. Yeah. And yeah, along that line, uh, had a number of other smaller projects. You know, uh, Dink was was one of those uh, you know smaller projects. Yeah. yeah what, what do you do with Dink? Uh, I'm one of the founders with yeah. Charlie cool. and, and Jim and uh, and Charlie's brother uh, Jeff. So yeah, what is that? Nice little, little leaky pipe there. Oh, uh, is that the sprinkler? Yeah. I'm just like, what is going on? Did I spill something? Yeah. Nope. It's just this old building. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so I know when I was younger in my life, mm-hmm. I, it's funny because any, enough about me, but I know no. I, I looked enough, I looked for like 
permission from people. Mm. I'd be like, hey, I got this idea. And people are like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. I waited for somebody to go, you should go do that. Yeah. And then later on in life, I've, I've learned that I don't need permission. I should yeah. just go do it. Yeah. Um, it, it, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there in a similar spot that I was in when I was younger listening to this. How did you decide to just go make things happen? Um, I, well, I realized, you know, like nobody's going to really uh, yeah, do it for me. So I, I uh, like, uh, in terms of like my parents, uh, you know, they weren't art people. They weren't, didn't really understand what I was into or, you know, what I wanted yeah. to do. So, um, I couldn't really rely on them to give me, you know, that level of validation, uh, until after what I did was done. And yeah. it's like, here, this is what I did with my time. It's like, that's great, but uh, homework's not done, Yeah, oh, <laughs> which is typical. What, what kind of music were you, you into growing up? Uh, growing up, uh, I was, um, uh, I lis- well, uh, I was introduced to like stuff like Hank Williams and Johnny yeah. Cash. Um, and then also my dad really enjoyed, um, you know, playing like uh, 60s, you know, rock bands, you know, mostly like the, the Turtles and... Yeah. Um, yeah, the Bee Gees and stuff, and um, uh, the Beach Boys, you know, so, and and that stuff. Oh, the animals love. Yeah. I love the animals, you know, growing up. So that uh, that was a lot of uh, that. And then he, for some reason, he got into new wave. <laughs> uh, so like, um, um, what was it? Um, Fine Young Cannibal stuff, and uh, yeah. So I. You know, as far as music yeah. growing up, that was kind of an extension of that. And then when I, you know, my adolescence was Nirvana, yeah, uh, Pearl Jam, um, Soundgarden, uh, stuff like that, cool. and Beastie Boys. Yeah. And then, you know, come come to uh, art school, I I got a, a massive education. On, you know, I was like, wow, like I didn't realize yeah. how how mu- how isolated I really was growing up in a you know in a farming community like that. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the the work just has like a real punk rock aesthetic and feel to it. So yeah, I'm yeah. sure that comes with art school. <laughs> it, it really did. Well, you know, when I uh, when I went to art school, uh, I had a, a buddy, um, and uh, I helped him out with uh, his Motoman project, which is uh, machines of pyrotechnic performance. And they're still going today. He started it back in uh, art school almost 20 years ago, um, and um, you know he introduced me to like Henry Rollins and Black Flag and. Yeah. Minor Threat and Fugazi and stuff, and it's, I ate that stuff up. I was, you know, he took me to uh, the last Fugazi concert, like, what was that, 15, 16 years ago? I think it was... It was 2001. It was, it was right before I moved to Colorado. Oh, okay. I missed it by about a month. Oh, man. And at that time, I had no idea what, what the hell is Fugazi. Yeah. And he's like, no, you... Here's some music. Okay, I listened to it. it. Sounded really good and stuff. And then I went to the concert and I was just like, <gasps> yeah, you know, I was just like, oh, just you know, shoot me now because I'm done. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about jealous. it. I'm so sorry. Jealous. Yeah, that's all right. You want to touch me? No. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> uh, so, so your parents, you know, they weren't mm. art people, but no. they still like in- encouraged the work. Yeah, they they still were. In, uh, you know, encouraging as far as one, you know, could, could be, they were mostly, uh, yeah, my mom was, uh, kind of a a school uh, assistant, um, and, uh, a lunchroom lady of sorts. And then my dad was an accountant. So they, they came from a very different, uh, world than, than the world I was going into. 
So, yeah, they didn't try to obstruct me as long as, you know, it didn't interfere with, like, homework and stuff, which it normally did (laughs) because I got held back in the third grade. Oh, no. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, they're a little bit more open to stuff. They still have no idea what I do. (laughs) But usually when I show them, they're just, like, kind of, you know, dumbfounded and, and, uh, you know, very, you know, in in awe of, nice. of that which is which is nice for for as, as long as they can yeah you know and i found it's easier for me now um, but i found that when you're very first getting started putting mm-hmm. stuff out there it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out in the world and put your artwork out there it does um how do, how do, you, how do you find that courage and for for the kid listening who might want to who's afraid to show somebody his stuff mm-hmm. what, what advice do you have for him to like do it to get it out there uh to do it get it out there uh you know go seek out those people that are you know doing it that are accessible to you um and you know see if you can you know work with them study under them uh you know talk to them you know any and any yeah especially when you're young i mean you're a sponge soak up as much information as you can and you know whatever you're you're doing or whatever you're working on just keep doing it uh you know you know eyes wide open just to look for any avenue to, to really display your work the nice thing about now is kids have access to our online it's a tool it's not just some distraction it doesn't have to be that it, you know it's uh, I mean clearly it's a it's a fantastic tool if used properly I mean it can it can fuel revolutions I and mean, look at Egypt and and stuff and 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 you know it's also a great way to, to network and and educate yourself on what you like and also put your stuff out there. Instagram, DeviantArt websites yeah. like that, they're a great platform to really put your stuff out there. And, and don't be afraid to, to ask for feedback. Yeah. Um, the, and then, you know, at, at such a young age, it's, it's really tough to know what kind of, uh, what's actually criticism and what's yeah. just outright damn fucking ragging and yeah. shit, you know? Or you, you, I mean, just go read the YouTube comments and... Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's very horrible. Some of it's just horrible to be horrible, but you can find those nuggets of, like, real criticism that's and, and valuable. Those, yeah, and, th- and that's what you should, you know, look out for is, is those nuggets. And it's like, you know, people that are like, this is fine, but... You know, maybe you should you know consider this yeah. and stuff, and and that's always nice. Even you know, like dealing with with actual critics that that's their jobs. Um, you know, when I knew I had a really bad review, I would be looking for that little nugget I could still, you know, take with me and and consider and you know ponder and maybe apply it to the next yeah. thing, and and that's that's always good. Um, you know, and, and and even if somebody is just brutal on you, it's like well. If if you don't have anything important to say, yeah. then you're not worth uh, listening to. <laughs> right? You know, I, I I will definitely when I'm writing a review, if I can't find good things to say, I'm just like it's not worth reviewing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's um, and that and that could be tough. Uh, and so many of my friends in comic books and the comic yeah. book industry, they have really strong opinions, and they're very well. They can be very well informed and stuff, but it's just so brutal to listen to them sometimes so I, I tend to i tend to ignore a lot of my friends yeah. when and I, I hate it when they ask me my opinion <laughs> I, i've gotten really good at just shutting off facebook and walking away because right now mm. in the, this yeah. political climate it's very much that way too yeah it's and that's the way it becomes with every uh you know election yeah. cycle oh, it's it's toxic it's so much fun <laughs> yeah 
Uh, so let's move. Let's talk about the movie. Okay. Some yeah. more, since that's where we're here to plug. Yes. Um, but hopefully, like, I I watched the movie, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, what's going through my head is I've always wanted to make a movie. Okay. And I'm, we'll we'll get to that. What you're yeah. laughing at here in a minute. Oh. Um, I'm watching it, and I'm like, damn. Because I've always wanted to do something, and you've shown that you can make something on a small budget. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, why $400. can't I do it? $400? That's all you spent? <laughs> That's all I spent. Now, most of that was uh, breakfasts. Really? I believe yep. it. Yeah. Um, well, first off, you know, congratulations. I mean, how many people do you know that are like, oh, I'm going to go make a movie, and they never even, mm-hmm. day one, you finished it. Yeah. You finished a couple of things now. Yeah. You know? Um, most people say that's the most important thing is when you start something, make sure you finish it. Otherwise, yeah, you're teaching yourself through. to quit. Yeah. I'm really good at quitting things. Oops. I'm surprised I've made it. I think this is episode 130 <laughs> of this. I can't believe I've made it this far, but still. Yeah. St- this That's great. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't even, you know, stick with that, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the podcast. It, oh, yeah. and, and you're you're doing it all by yourself, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's that was the thing is I've st- I false started this a couple times with other people okay. and finally one day i was just like i don't need those other people yeah i'm just gonna go out and do it myself yeah and uh my life is so much more fulfilling because yeah of it, you know Excellent. and i'm sure your life is so much more fulfilling because of all the work you've been doing yeah and you do a lot of it on your own too almost all of it probably i'm sure yeah well if, uh, you know the the comic book that the uh, isolation man is uh, based off of uh i did uh, the artwork in a weekend i'll never <laughs> do that again yeah um i think uh you know the writing and the lettering probably took longer but um but it was you know it was a nice exercise and uh that was also my uh, first uh um attempt into yeah. self-publishing nice so yeah. what came what came first, the comic or the movie? Or? The the comic book uh, initially, um, yeah, in two thousand six when I was really starting to get into comics and I was getting hired when, when MySpace was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was getting hired off of that website uh, from some small publishers, um, you know, to to do covers, um, you know, for their books because uh, I was il- still I was starting to illustrate on wood. Um, yeah, at that point I was doing illustrated pieces on, on some of my wood sculptures and people were seeing that and they're like, Oh, come and do this, you know, for our book. And since it was on wood, it really lent itself well to like horror genre. So I would do that. And then it just kind of segued into sequentials and me writing my own stuff and everything. So I always like to write and, and all art is some form of storytelling, no matter what the medium is. So, um, so anyway, um, you know, did that and, and, uh, I think what really, you know, with uh, the comic, it's called the Exquisite Vanished Tear. That's the character, and he's he's this weird um, superhero that's not really a superhero. He's mostly in it for like um, because he's egotistical and arrogant and yeah. very self-absorbed uh, <laughs> and has absolutely no empathy for anything you know outside of himself. So, you know, the the comic book sets up the film, and you know, he has a, a really bad day and accidentally makes the whole uh, human population of the Western Hemisphere vanish. So by that, he's more powerful than a cluster of nukes. <laughs> and, and the remaining, you know, superpowers, you know, the UN superpowers, I should say, um, on the Eastern uh, Hemisphere, they're like, what the hell happened? So they send over these uh, investigative reporters, documentarians, you know, to kind of find, they come across, you know, in the, in the movies, basically, they come across... Uh, you know the vanished here, and yeah. he's 
he's depressed and he's all alone, has no idea how to take care of himself, even though really all the amenities are pretty much there if he had any real knowledge on how the world kind of (laughs) works. And he's what, living in the Platte River? Yeah, pretty much. In the opening scenes? Yep. Platte River? Yep. He's he's bathing in the Platte River. He's, you know, his uh, best friend's a bag of late potato chips. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, you played the Vanished Steer. Yep. In yeah. the comic or in the movie, yeah. Um, he's he's kind of a you're you're not a dickhead. You're a very nice guy. I oh, mean, I just you. met you, but I, I I'm like, man, I like this guy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Vanished here is not a very nice guy. No, he's not a very likable person. He isn't. Um, how, how much of a stretch was it to jump into that role? Not not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm good in short bursts. Yeah. As a person, you uh, know, fair lo- long bursts. My girlfriend's like, God, you're so irritable. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So you know, it wasn't wasn't too bad, um, but yeah. Initially, the 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 concept uh, came to be when I was having uh, conversations with some very you know uh, liberal friends, and it was really interesting to get their take on um, like uh, illegal immigration issues, and uh, you know, clearly like conservatives are like, well, you know, that whole idea of you know ship ship them yeah. back, you know, it's like. Uh, you know, they're, they're people. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, with my liberal friends, like, well, aren't you worried about them destroying your culture? Motherfucker, we live in a pop culture that's influenced right. by all cultures. Yeah. And it's like, who cares? It's awesome. If anything, they're making it more enriching. It's like, how, how do you who are typically, you know, how does that point of view come across? So it baffled me. It's like, do you not have empathy for for people so i kind of i created uh, you know vanished tears a little bit of a, a critique on yeah. on that mindset on you know how little empathy people have when when they're confronted by these these issues it's like you know we're all people on this on this world we all want you know food and shelter and clothing and, and all this stuff you know and and no matter where you're at it's the same thing. It's just you got to come over, you know, come across the, you know, the BS that, you know, the, the crappy walls that are in our way yeah. to really connect with people. So the vanished here is basically that he has no empathy outside, you know, for, you know, yeah, that exists outside the four square feet that he occupies. That's it. He he does not, you know, empathize with anybody else. So all these people of different nationalities are coming out and and trying to talk to him about, you know. Yeah, ideas of atonement and stuff, and he just doesn't get it. Yeah, you know, not at all. No, no. Um, how did the documentary style lend itself to this film? I mean, mm-hmm. it's other than budget. I guess is probably the main reason. I'll let you answer. I won't answer. Sure. For you. Let me shut up. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the idea was always to to make a, a mockumentary. You know, so you use multiple cameras and stuff, and and uh, um, a number of different uh, you know. Uh, points of views from you know from the cameraman's uh, perspective too so you know some obviously were incredibly steady some some not but it all uh, lend itself well to getting all these different textures and stuff and different looks so nothing is consistent the audio is not consistent yeah, um, yeah so it's very much that found footage yeah. type thing that was one of the things i really liked that i wrote down was i liked how some scenes were super overexposed and other yeah. ones were grainy and a little bit more like they were all over the place yeah it, it very much was and we even went through uh um, a session of uh audio correction and uh color correction yeah. but because of um yeah and um one of uh my uh my engineers uh ryan poliski uh 
he um, he's like, listen, this is a found footage, you yeah. know, film. That's what it is ultimately. So you need to you know tweak it a little bit, but not so much. Otherwise, we'll be here forever. And uh, in you know, yeah, it is what it is, and we got to recognize it for for what it is and stuff. You know. Well, it, it, how much of the film was scripted versus improv? I mean, you got guys like mm-hmm. Little Fyodor. Yeah, however Little Fyodor. Say, yeah. yeah, however you say his name. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's a great, crazy character in his own right. Um, oh, very much so. Yeah, he's yeah he's a, a local you know music icon. He's yeah. been around for over thirty years. He's he'll it's be fifty eight this year. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, and but he's uh, he and I've worked on projects together uh, and. Initially, um, when I had a performance group called OFM, where we get dressed up in big latex monster, yeah. you know, samurai demon outfits, and hooked up with blood cannons, you know, they they would uh, you know do performances with us and um, you know open up for us or something like yeah. that. And but um, yeah, he was always somebody that I always really admired, and and uh, as often as I can, I want to involve him, you know, in whatever I'm doing. Because he's just yeah. so unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if he can't do a real German accent, <laughs> which is which is perfect. Yeah. Um, but how much how much was it improv? Um, as far as uh, improv, uh, most of it was. Most of it. Um, we would probably script out. Oh, um, so the announcer, um, um, uh, Aloysius uh, C. Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, all his lines were scripted. Um, Brian uh, Natale, who who plays him, is uh, uh, um, a very well trained uh, Shakespearean actor. So memorizing lines and performing them, you know, piece of cake for him. Uh, of course, he showed up and memorized nothing. So uh, <laughs> I was off camera feeding him. You know, uh, I would feed him the lines, but as a writer, I write really thick, bulky dialogue and stuff. So it'd be, you know, I'd feed him a sentence yeah. and then read cut. You know, get, you know, make sure the camera's still set up and, and just keep going. And it was so fun. It was so fun just doing that that way. And and at the same time, learning, yeah. you know. I've never made a project, you know, a feature film project before. So everything was a big learning experience. Yeah. And, and, you know, we just, you know, took the best nuggets that we could find and, and, and edited <laughs> that together and yeah. figured out the story as we went. How much? Uh, how much of the film was left, or how much? How much was edited out? How much is left on the cutting room floor? Oh, probably about eighty percent of wow, it. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff that uh, you know we just couldn't use because it, it didn't tell a concise story, or it was just absolutely atrocious. And there's a lot of really bad things on, on left in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like how just absolutely completely ridiculous it is. Yeah. Um. Was and. A, course that was probably the intent from the get-go the yep. comic's pretty ridiculous yes um where, what films did you look at or what other media did you look at for guidance when crafting and creating something so ridiculous um so we we looked at uh like um stuff like uh you know buckaroo bonsai oh, yeah. uh you know uh just absurd you know way out there uh films um you know uh, as far as like uh, documentaries in terms of like style some of the michael moore stuff that's cool. come out like uh not necessarily uh, a big fan of of one point of view uh documentary you know filmmaking but as far as his style like uh, he did a healthcare documentary i can't remember what it's called i can't either i saw it too but but they uh it was they used a, a number of uh different cameras and, and the, so the quality was all over the place so for me that gave me validation to pursue isolation man cool. in this fashion 
Nice. Uh, the stuff that popped into my head is obviously trauma. We probably yes. talked about earlier. Yeah. I just recently rewatched Cannibal the Musical for the first time oh. in a long time. That yeah. reminded me a lot of that because that is super low budget. Yeah, very the, much so. The creators of South Park, for those who don't know. Yeah. And then uh, such a great movie. The Vanished Tear reminded me a lot of, especially in his aloofness of the Tick. Mm. I don't know. If oh, that was okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've never really considered that, but I totally see that. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was just one of those things. I'm like, he's kind of just in his own little head. Mm-hmm. He's the most important person in the world. Yep. yep. Um, so how do you? I mean, it took you five years to make this, but how do you prepare to tackle this kind of project? <laughs> um, the the beginning of it and the execution of uh, production and everything. Yeah. The development that was actually incredibly easy and super super fun. Yeah. Um, the, the post-production, though, uh, you know, as as life does, uh, you know, tend to happen to a lot of people. A lot, a lot of partners kind of came and went. And yeah. so um, the project kept uh, changing hands. Um, I was pretty much the only constant because uh, I always saw this as, as my baby. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, eventually I, I fell upon um, uh, Peter uh, Dougherty, and uh, he was a computer engineer and a super amazing IT guy. And uh, he wanted to take a crack at uh, editing. And so, um, yeah, he, we were able to reassemble, you know, what we edited. And, and I think uh, around 2015, we were able to show some friends uh, an, a cut. And we got some amazing feedback, which said, which basically said, you are so not done. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it took us up until now to, to really, um, you know, get the, the version that we have and make it more concise and, and easier to digest. Um, we, we did have a cut that was about an hour and a half. And it felt like uh, for some, uh, their response was, yeah, you know, this, this feels like a five-hour movie all of a sudden. It's like, that's not good. No. And it's like, yeah, we don't want that. So <laughs> we, we cut it down to under an hour. And, and uh, you know, the response so far has been it's it's more concise and, you know, it's easier to, to digest. Nice. And then uh, I really like the use of, um, to complete the story, you guys used, like, animated sequences. Yeah. Um, there was also, uh, I guess it's kind of animated, the tape sequences. Yep. Yeah. And, Bizarro makeout sessions in uh, yeah. SM stores. What <laughs> um, was were those always designed that way, or that just the way you guys decided to finish the project? Um, there, those were uh, so like the animation stuff. Um, those were other areas that we did a little bit of script writing, uh, so we could do uh, voiceover and everything. And uh, and that was that was fun and ridiculous. Um, had uh, our buddy uh, Norman Dillon. Um, who's also one of our producers? Uh, he, you know, he supplied a lot of the animation and stuff. And then, um, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, that, that was always something that we we wanted to, to see if we could play around with and do it as, you know, inexpensively and uh, but more more importantly, you know, kind of that uh, that early early South Park look, yeah. whereas you know, basically it looks like clear flash animation. Yeah. And uh, uh, even though I think everything was like After Effects. So, but uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty silly and pretty ridiculous. Nice. And then I like the uh, the tape. Yeah, the reel to reel. The reel to reel stuff that was yeah. pretty clever. I was like, all right, cool. Thanks. Yeah, um, the, yeah, that's the the war tribunal stuff, you know, and just kind of 
that that hint that uh, all this stuff was under wraps you know it's like you're yeah. not going to see a war tribunal that's yeah. not footage that's going to be released to the public that's cool um and so what makes denver such a great place for making a no budget film like this uh, there's a lot of resources, you know, available yeah, as long as you know how to look and, you know, what, and, uh, also if you're working within a lot of limitations, um, use those limitations to kind of inform what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I always, uh, believed that, uh, limitations breed innovation. Um, and, and I think, um, a lot of the time when somebody's given like all, a massive budget, which we all still aspire to, yeah. um, yeah, suddenly you have way too many options yeah. and well, figuring out, you know, that, you know, what you want to tell and how to go about it can be an even bigger, more daunting task. But it's like uh, Star Wars, the original trilogy versus the prequels where they have billions yeah. of dollars and yep. can throw the kitchen sink at it. And it's kind of like, Meh. yeah, it's, it's incredibly uh, forgettable. Yeah. And it's, it's very unfortunate. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, it, it doesn't challenge you. So in this no. this moment, like you're challenged to make this thing, and how do you make it? And yeah, you, it it really cuts it down to what the story really is. Yeah, very much so. It, it informs you how, you know, what the story is going to be, and also how do you actually you know get yeah. there. Um, so you do have to work backwards quite a bit. Um, working in sculpting and stuff like that, you tend to do that a lot. So is um, it was pretty. Um, it was just you know just applying that to a much larger project yeah. and figuring that out. Do you think you could have made this movie had it not been for your comics and sculpting background? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably just be, um, at the <laughs> most, just be stuck doing more yeah. exquisite vanished tear stories, yeah. you know, in in that comic book format Yeah. at, at best. What, what, what did you learn from those two? Uh, sculpting and creating the comics that that went into uh, the design of the movie, just uh, making it period, period. Mm-hmm. Much. Yeah, just uh, you know, it informed me on you know what I can do with with different uh, materials yeah. and what those integrities actually are, and and how to really stretch things. You know, as as an art kid, you don't have yeah. uh, a budget usually, and you know the day job you know provides only X amount, so. You know, we just had to, um, you know, really figure out uh, what our limitations are, what we can do within, re- and, and also the story sets itself up to have as little of a cast as possible. Yeah. So you don't need to have a lot of bodies that you have to depend on, and wait for them to show up at a certain time and, you know, hit their marks all the time. It's it's you and the other guy and then a cameraman and uh, an audio guy. And that's pretty much it. That's, nice. that's, that's all you really need. It's, yeah. And then... You know, also um, recognizing what your limitations are. Also, uh, you know, what your you know, the limitations of what your disciplines are. So if you don't have a certain skill set, you know, you, you got to figure out really hard, really quick how to network. Nice. And um, if you can't afford to pay somebody, figure out how to pay, how to feed them. Yeah. Because it's, it's amazing what people will do for, for food, <laughs> you know. So that's that's where that, four, like I said earlier, you know, that $400 yeah. went into breakfasts. Yeah. Well, it, it, and as I said earlier, like I watching it, I'm like, I want to, because I used to like, we used to have these grandiose plans of like making like web series and stuff and I'm watching it. It all comes flooding back. And I'm like, I can do it. Yes. So I'm mentally taking notes. I'm going to get home. I'm going to go <laughs> oh, yeah. take all these notes and, and who knows, maybe in the next year, you'll be talking to me about whatever stupid project I come up with. 
I can't um, wait. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. And you should. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody should because yes, I mean, um, I, I always say with people who are like, "How do I interview?" I'm like, "Just go do it." Like, yeah. anybody can do it. Um, it's just hard work and sticking with it, like we kept mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, and and uh, there's so many times when uh, with with isolation, man, it could have just knocked off. You know, yeah. the life things happen, like I said, and it could have just evaporated. And I think that's what a lot of people expected it to happen but with me i'm an asshole i will <laughs> fucking see this thing through to the bitter end and, Hell yeah. and my girlfriend was just you know i mean she was aggravated by it but at, at the same time she was very supportive she's like you're gonna see this through no matter what happens nice. even if it takes another couple of years yeah. we know you'll get there and, and the movie comes out on wednesday at the alamo yep How- correct are you excited? Nervous? How does it feel? Um, I'm excited. Uh, I, I think I was, you know, nervous and, and very anxiety ridden for the last uh, week. Um, you know, I was I was nervous about you know new renders of the film, making sure that the the files work and everything because those you know feature films huge file. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we got it down uh, compressed to like a 16 gigs, and um, which you know isn't it isn't that big. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, and then figuring out, you know, the limitations of, of, you know, the technology that I have access to and, and then listening to my peers as much, you know, it's like, well, you should do this, you should do this. And they're like, you know, looking at, you know, I'd be looking at them, my eyes would glaze over and like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, Clearly I need to take the reins on this, Dan. So don't worry about it. You step back. We'll, we'll handle this for you, you know? So, and so I'm incredibly appreciative yeah. to all the people that, that stepped up and, and gave me a hand with this, um, you know, especially on the back end, which is the least glamorous, but that's right. where, for me, I think that's where the real art is in yeah. it. You know, uh, all the pre-production and production, that's creating the palette. Now it's just, you know, now you're creating the composition. Yeah. Are, are you happy to be done with it finally? I mean, quote unquote done I yeah mean, yeah you still uh, have a lot more press rounds and whatnot to go i guess yeah and, and for me I, I i tend to see that aspect as a continuation of the filmmaking process yeah. is getting it out there and, and and letting people see it or you know figuring out what the distribution would be and <laughs> yeah. you know you know and figuring out those channels to have people see it so i think at some point we'll probably make it available on on the website for cool. a free download nice um, but for, for now, uh, yeah, we'll be screening, um, you know, Wednesday night at, uh, Alamo at, uh, um, 9 PM, uh, over there in, uh, Littleton. So, you know, everybody make, make the drive over there and get there or, early. Or the light rail. Yeah. Or the light rail. That's right. Yeah. The light rail goes by there. So that's always nice. Yeah. And we'll also be showing, uh, the web series, uh, the whole cool. minute. Nice. So, yeah. What is the whole minute? That's you and Groovy, right? Yeah. It's me, Groovy and, and, uh, uh the night mutilator. Um, so yeah, a lot of those guys didn't want to use their real names because they were so horrified with what I came up with. Nice. Uh, but essentially that, um, that came out of, um, uh, well, you know, people wanting me to conduct podcasts with them and a lot of my friends, they do, you know, a podcast on different, uh, um, topics. And I, I asked them, well, what, what's the average time for your podcast? And they would say like ridiculous things like three hours. I'm like, what? How many people listen to that? Oh, well, we get large numbers of 26 people. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't, you know, I'm like 20 minutes and I'm usually done with that topic yeah. <laughs> at best. And, and then uh, I'm, I'm doing something else. So we've done pretty good here. Yeah, we've done, you know, pretty well. You know, 
um, I haven't been keeping track, but yeah. you know, as we shouldn't. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, with the uh, the whole minute, you know, we we wanted to do something that was uh, very you know web based and and uh, influenced and and you know they say um, that. Um, the attention uh, uh, span is like three minutes. Uh, I, I would argue online it's less than that. Um, I know for me, if if I'm if there's something that doesn't yeah. hook me, I'm on to the next thing, and that's only a few seconds. So we decided, well, let's let's try and do something that is has a limited length. And then Groovy came up. Oh, we should do something called the whole minute. Just keep it a minute long. Oh, okay. So we got together one night, recorded uh, our conversations, which descended into pure and utter uh, bloodshed and chaos um, you know so many dead bodies and we we, you know, we, we we recorded for about an hour and it was just just garbage just nothing <laughs> it was just absolute abysmal uh, trash and you know I took those little audio clips and edited them together and and we clearly didn't want to we still want to have the video component so we we didn't want to show our ugly uh, handsome faces um, so we we assigned each other uh, inanimate objects, and we just basically it's it's voiceover. Nice. It's kind of like the the Ricky Gervais show, just yeah. with uh, just lazier. Yeah. Way lazier. And, and that's online now, right? Yeah, it's online now. I feel uh, I feel bad I didn't watch it before we sat down. Oh, oh, that's all right. You know, go home and watch it, and just like, wow, you are psychotic, Dan. Yeah. Nice. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah. We should commit you. Uh, <laughs> so so what else do you have down the pipeline? I know you're mm-hmm. mostly done with this now. Yeah, uh, so you know, taking Isolation Man, uh, putting it into film festivals, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, you know, promoting it as much as I can. Uh, you know, do screenings and what have you. Um, uh, and then, uh, you know, I've got more comic book projects along the way. Uh, also, do some laser burned, uh, laser engraved comics too. Nice. So. Yeah. That's pretty tasty. And then. Um, Hello. Uh, I also do a comic book with uh, the sideshow performer, The Enigma. Yeah. Um, so finishing up his comic book series, and then we do. Ha- I do have a, a script for a feature film with him. Nice. And he's somebody who was made for the screen. Cr- yes, he's he's like a walking, talking action figure. Yeah. Um, it's it's awesome to have your own Hellboy, and and he doesn't need a, a makeup touch job yeah. or anything like that. It was it was fun. He used to come. Uh, come into my grocery store when I still worked at the grocery store and everyone would just stop. Yeah. Except for me because I'm kind of I'm aware of him already. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah that's just the enigma. Yep. Yep. Just cool. yeah, go back to the work. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Just tattoo guy. What's going on, Blue? Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, are you ready for the world to see the movie? Yes. I, right. I'm ready to get it out there. Uh, I'm ready to, for people to to like it, to hate it. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to, to see what the responses yeah. are. Um, I, I was I was actually curious, like, because it's not. It's not the Godfather Part Two, you know. No, you know that as it shouldn't be. So, <laughs> when people hate it, mm-hmm. are you, you're prepared for that? Um, yeah, I I'm, mean, like, that, it's a weird thing because it's not everybody's cup of tea. No, it's definitely not. It's uh, definitely has a, a, a niche, uh, you know, crowd um, that it's going to you know play to, and yeah. uh, hopefully, you know, even with uh, like the advertising online, I, I don't have a clear trailer. I, yeah. I don't. I didn't like it. The trailers that we kept coming up with, it's just gave too much away so i like the abstractness of of just clips yeah just solitary scenes and um uh they don't reveal much they don't tell hardly anything you know but for those you know that are interested in in you know weird you know out there 
B-movie uh, type, you know, shit. Um, or maybe somebody that's that really likes Swiss Army Man. Yeah, which uh, was great. Yeah, which was awesome. You know, they might be interested in, you know, yeah. giving this a try. And in in, in 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 the the PR, the press release and whatnot, you mm-hmm. mentioned Adult Swim. It's very out yeah. there, like some of the uh, 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 Tim and Eric, awesome show. Yep. Great job. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome show, and it, they do do a great job. It's, it's it's very out there, just like like yeah. that. So even even their uh, feature film that yeah. they did, oh, uh, yeah. which was just bonkers. Yeah. Oh man. So you, you hopefully you'll be playing the late night film festivals with those guys. Uh, that that'd be pretty sweet. Maybe we'll share a stall together or, or something. You something know? along yeah. those lines. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, if somebody somebody listening, like myself, who wants to go out there and make something, any final words of advice? I think we probably covered this already, but just one last good note to end on. Uh, just you know, it all harkens back to the the punk rock ethos. Just do it. Yeah. You know, and Nike sadly. Yeah. <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Just uh, just go out there, get it done. Um, you know, as long as you know, we're all doing something creatively and stuff. We feed off of each other yeah. and we inform each other. And cool. I think that's where a stronger community, uh, you know, stronger, more supportive community can be, nice. uh, yeah, felt and met. Nice. And, uh, it's a little ways away. How's the upcoming dink looking? Any idea? Uh, it's, uh, it's looking pretty good. So hopefully cool. Charlie is ready to make some announcements. Everything kind of, nice. uh, harkens on him. Nice. Yeah. yeah. La- last year was so much fun. I can't wait. It's, Having gone to Denver Comic Con, Dink, and a couple other little littler conventions, Dink was hands down my favorite one. Oh, thank you. And, uh, I'm, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I, the the artists that were there, way more my speed than like, I don't know. I just enjoyed it so much yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, the events a lot more intimate? Yeah. There's less noise, and the the background and the setting is more inviting. I think. So maybe there'll be a Isolation Man screening this year. Oh, I think that's probably pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. probably. Cool. <laughs> well, Dan, anything else before I let you go? Uh, no, uh, you know, thanks for having yeah. me, Damien. This was uh, fun. This was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I love you know getting together, having uh, you know these chats. Nice, and it's good for me too because I get to. I'm like, man, I can go. I'm gonna go do something now. Yes, go do stuff. Let's see, it might yeah. just be all this delicious coffee here at that, Mutiny. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but, and, you know, thanks to Mutiny for you know having us here and yeah. being super awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I. Go inject yourself with some coffee. Yeah. Go do shit. And uh, they, I was noticed the other day. There's 18 copies of Sea Biscuit over there. So if you need a copy of Sea Biscuit, they have it here at Mutiny. That's right. There really is. There's like uh, maybe eight copies over there, but still. I'm sure there's college <laughs> kids that, that need that for their curriculum. Jeez. <laughs> All right. uh, so Isolation Man, nine o'clock, Alamo Draft House this Wednesday, yep. and then eventually on the internet. Yes. Cool. All right, Dan. Excellent. Thank you so yeah, much. Buddy. We'll chat soon. All right, buddies. Dan, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me. Um, I, I think even if, if people don't necessarily go out and see the movie, hopefully some people learn some lessons about how, how to get out there and make things and be creative and do things on their own. I know I did. I know I have a newfound uh, sense of urgency and maybe getting my new project off the ground. Maybe we'll make this YouTube video series after all. Dan, uh, hopefully you can help me uh, make that guy happen. Now, if you guys like what you heard, uh, Isolation Man will be playing this Wednesday August 17th at 9 p.m. at the Alamo Draft House Theater in Littleton. You just heard all the details. Uh, please go check it out and check out isolationmanmovie.com. Hopefully you'll be able to find out where you can see this movie if you can't make it to that screening. Um, and again, like get out there and make your own movies, man. I mean, I, Isolation Man is a great, fun, ridiculous adventure uh, mockumentary, and it really showed me that, hey, it, 
we can do this. So let's do some stuff together. Uh, again, special thanks to Mutiny for letting us uh, host so many great things there, including our live shows and the interview you just listened to. Also, a special thanks to the Ratio for all their mighty fine beers and keeping me nice and drunk on the weekends. Visit them at RatioBeerWorks.com. Uh, like us on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Facebook. You know all that good stuff. Um, buddies, I, I don't really have anything else to ramble on about. Daniel, thank, again, thank you again. And uh, buddies, we're going to go ahead and get out of here to this week's episode. Uh, we'll see you in the funny pages. we got some cool stuff in the works. Stay tuned. Take care now. Motherfucker.